I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast, Hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us (laughs) about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. On today's episode, our first of of 2020, thought we'd kick it off by talking about setting goals versus building better habits. And as a coach, I think one of the biggest things I get approached in helping, asking, getting help from parents is, how do I help my team build habits that help them become more successful? So Susie and I today dive into several different um, tips, five different tips to help you build better habits with your athlete. This is a fun episode, something I've been incorporating, I know, and Susie are trying to incorporate into our own daily lives. So things for both the parents and for the athletes to to use uh, to help you be more successful in the coming year. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to Raising Athletes, the 2020 version. We're excited to be back and be doing episode 29 in our third season. Um, and it's going to be Susie and I today. Woohoo! Hi, Susie. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about helping your teen athlete build better habits. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their visions with their value and their mission and mindset to get what they want in life. As a former Division I athlete and a 14-year Nike executive, I've always loved understanding the power of what makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three teen athletes and someone who is currently in the middle of supporting my oldest son's dream to play in college next year, Susie and I have created this podcast to help others who are trying to not only raise strong athletes, but more importantly, good people. And I'm Susie Walton. I'm the founder of Indigo Village. I'm a mom of four incredibly amazing and getting really old sons. <laughs> One of them has a birthday today. I'm a grandma of nine little ones. I'm a speaker, author, and family coach. I've always loved sports. I've been on an athlete myself. Um, up until a few months ago, I was still playing beach volleyball, but a back injury came around, and now I consider myself a hiker and uh, a swimmer. My passion is kids, and one of the best ways I know how to support kids is by supporting their parents in creating the family of their dreams. Okay, so welcome to our first episode in 2020. And I think what is better to start off the new year, as everyone usually does, with making a bunch of New Year's resolutions, right? And what happens is January 1st comes around, we make a bunch of resolutions, and by February 1st, we can't remember what we said. <laughs> um, but as you are all out there raising athletes and trying to help them not only reach their goals, but more importantly, improve their habits, because the habits are what we be, what become automatic. Then you don't need 
willpower to make them happen. You just show up, you get to show up every day. And the more you do that, better things go for them. So today, Susie and I want to talk about, we're going to start kind of big picture with goals, but and give you some examples of like goals that we're setting and then help you um, with some tips, like our top five tips and how to help them build better habits, will, which will lead to getting the goals, the results that they want. Sound good? Sounds good to me. I hope it sounds good for you guys. I'm excited. Yes, me too. Okay. So I always start off the year with trying to set some goals that are within my power. And a lot of times we set goals that are outside of us and then we get disappointed. For example, I am working on a book. I've been working on it for about two years, year and a half. Um, last, the entire last year I spent with a book coach trying to get a proposal finished and it's finally done. Hooray. (laughs) That's awesome. The next step is to, to get it bought by an agent, by a publisher and an agent. And so I don't have control over whether a publisher will want this book or not, but I have a hundred percent control over how many people I reach out to, to see if they're interested in it. And I've got JK Rowling in the back of my head who submitted it to supposedly over a hundred different agents before Harry Potter finally got picked up. So if it's something you're passionate about, then great. Keep going. Even if you get, so I've submitted my first 10 proposal to 10 agents last week and keep going, but we're picking goals that are things that you have control over and help your team pick a goal that they have control over. And we'll get into it in more detail um, in a little bit. So my first goal is to get a book deal. And my second goal, wait, 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 before you go to your second one, can you let everybody out there know the name of your book? Is called Raising Athletes. Perfect. Yes. So it's all about what we're talking about on this podcast every week. It's what I speak about. I'll be speaking again with the amazing Dr. Dolly Clock at the end of the month about how to support our kids as they go through this process. Um, thank you. Yes. And then the second one is a personal goal. Um, so I really want to eat less sugar. I want to eat real food, eat plant-based diet, everything that's coming out and all the research is showing how important that is um, and what it's doing to our environment, et cetera, et cetera, but also how it's making me feel. So those are my two big ones. Susie, what about you? What do you have for 2020? Um, When it comes to a business goal is to, um, is to really be present and mindful to when I work, when I do a workshop, you know, how I, how often I put myself out there. The reason being, I kind of mentioned it in my introduction. I had a back injury. It's my first real injury ever in my 68 years of being alive. (laughs) And it had me laying down and not being able to sit up to eat a meal or drive a car for over three months. And so it gave me that time to re-access, access, like what is real important to me. And, And the thing is, you guys, like a lot of you out there, I loved everything I was doing. So it, you know, I could, I couldn't see why I'd have to stop any until my back stopped me. And then I reassessed. I'm like, oh, I was definitely off balance. So in the world of business, I love what I do. I love teaching. I love running parenting seminars. And so it's my goal this year is, you know, to still continue doing that and be um, true to myself and what I'm needing and what I'm looking for when I say yes to doing a course or a workshop. Love that. And then my personal goal is somewhere around like yours is to become more plant-based. And um, I'm pretty close to being there. I'm not all the way there, but that's, you know, that's definitely my goal when it comes in. One of my, you know, internal goals is 
more plant-based, more real food. Good. Very good. All right. So we'll talk about maybe bring those examples in as we talk through what the habits are. Um, but basically what we want to, how we want to start is what happens is like I said, January 1st, we get all this willpower and we've set this goal and we're highly motivated and it's a new year and energy levels high. I got up at 545 the other morning to go to the gym and I could not find parking because every single gym was packed. Right? And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But I, and my husband said the same thing the other morning and I was like, yeah, but give it three weeks and you'll go back and try and you can have whatever parking spot you want um, because, you know, that's when the willpower, you know, starts to fade. So what we need to do is, is not focus on the willpower, but how do we create the habits that don't require you to always muscle through it? Um, so instead of using willpower, we're going to talk about five steps to help you build better habits. And I love this quote from Bill Walsh, who was a multi-time Super Bowl uh, NFL Super Bowl champion coach. Um, and he wrote a book called The Score Takes Care of Itself. And I thought it was perfect for our kids. I directed our focus, our focus to be less on the prize of the victory than the process of, than to the process of improving, obsessing perhaps about the quality of our execution and content of our thinking, that is our actions and our attitude. I knew that if we did that, winning would take care of itself. And I think a lot of times as we get going and when we're helping our kids, we're like, yeah, but they have to be on the top team. And yeah, they have to be starting. And yeah, we have to be winning. Um, my daughter's uh, team just played in a tournament last weekend and we went 0-3 on the weekend. And I saw the coach, you know, the day after at practice. And I said, what'd you think about yesterday? And he was, he's like, I'm excited. We got a lot better. And I was so <laughs> relieved to hear his reaction that it wasn't, well, we were 0-3. It was that's okay. We're getting better. And to be able to focus on the process and not always on the outcome is how we improve. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to throw in a little bit there because I just listened to um, Missy Franklin. She was on a podcast with Mike Gervais in Finding Mastery. And he he asked her about competition and beating the person next to her. And she said it was never about beating. It's the same thing as, as, as the coach is saying. It was never about beating the person next to her. It was about executing what she was set a goal for in the pool. And she said, if I reached my goal and I won that Olympic medal, that is amazing. If I had reached my goal and I came in seventh place, that would have been amazing because I was focused on my goals more than whether I'm going to beat someone because that's such an external, like what they're both saying, it's very external for basing how well we're doing by what somebody else is doing or not doing versus going within ourselves and What's the best for us in that moment? And if parents can get that and help implement that into your kid's life, it will make your child, I feel, be a lot longer in the world of athletics if that's where they're choosing to be. And it'll all be mostly for the internal reason, not the external, which is the winning and the trophies and the prizes. Awesome. And, and they will take that into every other goal that they set too in life, Rich, and it'll be an internal, you know, intrinsically driven, um, they'll be doing it to get better. They'll be doing it to, you know, to beat themselves, to, to understand what their limits are or find out that they don't have them. Um, that's, yeah, that's such a great example. I love that story. Um, so our top five tips to help build better habits. So number one, habits come from streaks. So if you don't know what a streak is, talk to your teenager because <laughs> there are these apps that I can't remember the name of it now, but a couple of years ago, there was 
there was an app where you had to, you had basically just log on every day and post one thing every day. And kids were like making it a streak by, you know, my son was like, oh, he's got 5,000 days in a row or whatever. Like they would start monitoring it. But what, what happens when we start counting what we're doing and monitoring what we're doing is we start to get excited by the process and not so much focused on the outcome. So what we're trying, you're trying to create is I am the kind of person who dot, 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 you know, my daughter was told she needed to do a thousand pushups over, over Christmas break. You know, if you feel like it's too much, you opt out. But what are you trying to teach her is I am the type of person who does something every day, who does 10 pushups every day, who shows up early at practice. Again, what are the things that you have control over that you can help them do every single day? Um, so, so how do you build streaks? So that sounds great, Kirsten, but what do we do with that? Well, we start really small. Um, James Clear has a great book, a new book, a fairly new book called Atomic Habits. And he talks about a two minute rule. So when you're starting a new habit, you know, don't eat the elephant in one bite, but actually try to do something that pick something that you can do in under two minutes. So for example, if it is the doing pushups, you know, you're not going to be able to do a thousand push-ups. Well, you probably can't do a thousand push-ups, period. But you're definitely not going to be able to do them in under two minutes. So what's something that your athlete could do in under two minutes if it's a new habit that they're trying to do every day? Um, so, so if you set a goal of I'm going to do 10 a day, well, 10 times seven days is 70. Well, 70 is better than zero, right? So his tip is I will do X. So I will do push-ups at what time? in what location. And if you write it down, there's studies that have been done where they track people where they just said that they were going to start a new habit. There are people that uh, were just told, try your best. And other people that wrote down and documented what they were going to do and when they were going to do it. And 95% of those people actually stuck with it just by having written it down. I love that. You know, it's it's the same thing when it comes to parenting. A lot of people who take my parenting classes, you know, they go out and they're going, okay, I'm going to be this amazing parent for the rest of my life. I'm like, stop. (laughs) That's like saying, I'm going to go run a marathon and you've never run a mile in your life. You're just going to fail and you're not, you're just going to give up. And it's that two minute thing. Like I tell parents, if you're going to learn to run, you're going to run maybe two miles in the beginning just to get used to it before you add. And when it comes to parenting and using the new tools that you've picked up, or an athlete, it's like you pick uh, an hour of the day or a half an hour a day that you know that you can be on your A game. And, and I love that part, you know, Kirsten, that you added in there, like, you know, writing it down. I had one mom like, I, but I have four boys. They're all under 10. I want to create the space between stimulus and response, but I never remember. And I'm like, well, quit waiting to practice when you need it. Do it when you don't need it. And she goes, oh my gosh, I'm just going to set my timer. If I set a timer every hour and I, it goes off, it, it'll remind me in that moment to, you know, work on this one parenting tool. Nice. So yeah, I love what you're saying. Like start small for sure. So build streaks. How do we build streaks? Number two is, is start small with a two minute rule. Number three is celebrate wins. Um, I love this one. I use it all the time. Like this morning I made myself go to the gym. I really wasn't in the mood, but when I walked out of the gym, I said out loud, yes, like I that's all it has to be. It could be something in your head. It can be something you say out loud. You can, yes, go as crazy as, you know, really, you know, maybe it is going to get a facial today, or maybe it is 
taking them to get frozen yogurt after practice or after the match or whatever. But really, it's about planting a flag about saying, you set a goal. And, you know, if they do push-ups for a week on their own, and gosh, I've been, you're rewarding them. Hey, I see that every day you've been getting up early and doing that. That's awesome. You acknowledging that is celebration for them. And then helping them create something of what way would they like to celebrate when they, they do what they say they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's like asking them, what do you, you know, what do you, how do you want to celebrate that? Because I feel like a lot of us miss out the celebration in, in those small, you know, little moments, you know, the peak times that we like, okay, well, yeah, that was good, but you know, I should be running more. Or yeah. what it might, whatever it might be for a child. Yeah, I made three baskets, but darn, I should be making all my my free throws. And that, and so we miss out on that celebration. And what you're saying here, what I'm hearing you say is, celebrate the small things, the small stuff, because that it's so much easier to build upon something in that positive aspect versus, oh my gosh, that was okay, but I should have done more. I should have made more shots. Yes, instead of coming from a place of lack. Yeah. Uh, even it gives an example in Atomic Habits of, you know, if you can't, or no, this was a different article I read, research I was doing, uh, you know, if you can't brush all of your teeth every day, or not brush, but floss all of your teeth every day because it's too much effort, floss one tooth a day. Like, you know, that's a small win, but celebrate, hey, I'm going to do this. Picking even little, it sounds very silly, but there are different ways that we can accomplish our goals without making it overwhelming. And and having fun along the way and doing that, right? It's like it's like me giving up milk for my lattes. Like I'll go, I can go three or four days doing a black coffee and adding some kind of alternative. I've tried them all: <laughs> oat milk and almond milk and you know cashew milk. And and then and everyone's like, okay, you know what? I just want a cup of coffee today and put a little bit of half and half in there. I just won't put as much half and half as normal. And you know, and I, that's okay, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like. Building upon my habit, but being okay once in a while, you know, not just be hard, cold turkey for the rest of my life on it. Yeah, I don't, I don't do well when someone says I have to do something forever in a day. It's, it doesn't work well in my personality yeah. traits. It makes you want to go out and just do it anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, like <laughs> the worst thing my my parents could ever said to me is, "Don't do that." I'm like, oh well. <laughs> So celebrate the wins is number three. Number four is play the long game. And what do I mean by that? The long game is we're all wired for instant gratification. We want it now. We want to be on the top team now. We want the winning, you know, we want to shoot the winning basket. We want to, you know, get the, get the most, you know, of everything. And a lot of times, particularly as our kids are trying new sports, you know, and heaven forbid they start a sport when they're 13 or 14 and not, they haven't, they don't have the muscle memory. They don't have the experience. The most important thing is to keep them playing and to keep them playing means keep them having fun. But in order to do that, they're going to need time in order to build the skills in order for them, you know, they're hitting puberty, their bodies you know, growing, they need the sleep, they need to build strength, but it's not going to be an overnight, everything comes together. And I feel like almost every day I read a new article about, um, you know, an athlete who it literally all came together. The, the latest one I read was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills who were on the brink of making the playoffs this year. And he went to high school in Texas. He got recruited by zero colleges. He went to a junior college. He sent out a, a letter to a thousand schools he got one offer to play at University of Wyoming, and three or four years ago, the Buffalo Bills 
um, signed him, right? And had he given up back in high school because, well, he didn't get a scholarship, and then he went to junior college and, well, nobody's recruiting you, you know, to think that he could actually be playing, you know, for a team that went whatever they did this year, 12 and 5, like, that's amazing. But it requires the long game. It requires short-term losses for long-term games gains for so when you're on the sidelines and they're not winning or they're not getting playing time or they're not playing the way they should be don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. try to sit back and say what are the tools that we can help give them so that they can get what they need for the long run yeah i remember i remember i think we talked about this on another podcast but one of my sons when he was like 12 or 13 was on a team and he wasn't starting and clearly he should have been starting and he is one of the few players that went on and played in college but when he told his dad, his dad said, listen, yeah, you should be starting and you're not. So learn and embrace coming off the bench. Learn how to come off the bench because the majority of guys that make it to college and professional sports, they've all been stars, but very few ever had the opportunity to experience coming off the bench and being prepared. And, you know, my son took that and ran with it. And and sure enough, when he played um, back east, he, um, you know, he started some years and he didn't, but he was, he was pretty incredible whether he was starting or coming off the bench because he did have that experience and he was, he was told and taught how to play the long game. Nice. So true. And then finally, let's talk about 1% better. What's the best thing you can focus on? Um, and I hear tons of coaches talking about this. We, again, don't focus on whether we're, how many games we're going to win or whether we're going to make it to the playoffs, we focus on getting 1% better every day. And when you look at it that way, think about the compounding effect over time. Um, and I know a lot of parents out there, you, do, you talk with your kids about that with money, right? And if you just saved a penny a day, it would be a million dollars by the time they were 45 or something ridiculous. Like that. The same thing happens with work habits. The same thing happens with how they show up every day in, in the discipline that they want to um, the skills they want to build and help them build them now while they're still home with you. Like this is the best time for them to start to play with them. Are they going to be perfect at it? No. Like Susie was saying, sometimes I'm going to have milk in my latte. Sometimes <laughs> they're not going to do the push-ups. That's fine. We're not going for a hundred percent or broke, but what we're trying to introduce is, is just that, that feeling that they're going to get when they implement it and it goes well. And then that'll be in their memory bank and then they'll start to utilize that and they'll bring it back out and they'll think, oh gosh, remember when I tried this for a little bit and what happened from that? Same with study habits. You know, like it's that, it's that same compounding effect over time of just being 1% better per day. 1% parents, you hear that? Not 99%. You only have your kids with you for a few more years out there before they're on their own, this is a time to teach them these habits and these, you know, these ideas that we're sharing with you today. And you, and you can't do that if you're pressuring your kids to be the best and have the best grades and be the best at their sports and, you know, be on the top teams all the time. Like it doesn't give them the chance to grow as we're telling them, telling you about right now and sharing with you. And so, you know, I just want to take it back again. One step is like that whole idea of the long game. Think of the big picture. Sports is such a great venue to give a child that experience of the long picture, the long view. Yes. And so we're kind of out of time. So I want to finish with an exercise I do with my clients, which 
as we're in January, this is a great time to do this, but let's pretend for a moment it's December 2020. And Susie, you and I are chatting and we're reflecting back on those goals we set way, 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 way back in January of 2020. You know, how did it go? What are the things that you want to be talking about in December about the, you know, what you've accomplished and how that year has gone? And let me give you a little analogy. So the goals that you're setting right now, you're thinking about setting, your, your, your athlete is setting, are like the boat and the rudder in the water. Those are the goals. The oars are the process. What are the pieces that you're going to put in place that are going to help support your athlete to achieve those goals so that in December you can be saying, I got the book deal. I'm, I ate so well this year. I feel so much better. I sleep better. I am able to work out longer. I feel I've never felt better in my life, right? So yeah. helping them project forward about what, what it is, how is it you want to feel? Because that's what's going to keep us motivated. It really isn't about the goal, P.S. It's about how the goal makes you feel that makes you work towards it. And, you know, intention equals results, you guys. So the thing is, you have your goal, whether it's to eat better, to work out more, to get your book deal. And, and the thing is, sometimes you'll, you're, you'll find that with your results aren't what, <laughs> you know, you're looking at results like, oh, this isn't going to help me with that book deal or having, you know, healthy eating habits. But please please have, you know, self-acceptance around that and not beat yourself up and tell you what, what a loser you are or tell your, you know, don't let your kid get down on themselves and beat themselves up. The goal is still there. It's just that you've got sidetracked from them for a moment. And so rather than, you know, being down about it, you know, you can feel bad for a minute and then say, okay, so what do I need to do to get back on my journey back to my goal? And it's, you know, and with a lot of self-acceptance, like, okay, I can see where I have to start. I want to start doing those push-ups again or whatever it is. So, because there are going to be times, whoever we are, whatever age we're at, that we're going to kind of start letting, you know, forgetting perhaps that goal. And so just, you know, look at it. Intention equals results. Or if you're not getting the results that you thought, take a moment to reassess and see what do I need to do to get back on track. And we'd love to hear what your goals are. Now we've shared ours. Ours are now out there for posterity. <laughs> 100%. So please feel free to email us or jump on the Facebook, the Raising Athletes Podcast Facebook page and, and drop us a note or send us a message. Or uh, if you have questions about helping your team and how they can better set goals, we would love to be of support and help in doing that. Um, because parents, we hope that you enjoyed this. And if you know somebody else who would benefit from from listening to this, we would we would be so appreciative if you would share and rate this on iTunes, because um, our goal is to support parents with not only raising strong athletes, but extraordinary people. So thank you for your time today, and we look forward to seeing you, hearing you, you hearing us on the next episode of Raising Thank athletes. you, everybody. Have a great week.